And we might really be doing this shit for real, for real. You should not take a major labor deal without having a lawyer look at your contract. You couldn't be who you are without the music. Fellow producers, what's good? It's the Letter L Beats with Producer Grind, and we're coming to you live from Dallas with a special edition of the Producer Grind podcast. I got my man, CEO Dylan, in the house. What's good, family? What's good with you, bro? What's good with you? How you feeling, man? Feeling good, bro. Fuck with Dallas out here. It's dope. Yeah, man. Dallas been dope to us, man. The tacos on point, gas on point, nightlife <laughs> on point. You know what I'm saying? So it's been fun, bro. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for this special edition, man, because we got a very special guest in the house, man. One of the dopest producers in the game right now and still is holding it down for Dallas. This producer has worked with Lil Uzi Vert, Dave Eats, 21 Savage, Snow the Product, G Herbo, Lil Yachty, Denzel Curry, and the up-and-coming Bobby Sessions. Please welcome to the podcast, Sick With It. Yo, it's good. That was a dope intro, bro. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that, I bro. Love it when I love it when people do, like, Awesome intros. It makes me feel like, yeah, yeah. Keep going, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. But nah, man, you earned it. You earned it, bro. You know what I'm saying? You really putting Dallas on the map, bro. Hey, man. It is what it is. This is my house, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You, you you lead like a boss, man. So for people who may not know your story, can you please tell me about some of the big events that led to the success you're having this year? Uh, Yeah, man. Like, I'm just a... Uh, I'd have to uh, attribute a lot of it to, like, up and coming underground beat battles, uh, being involved with competitions, and and that really just kind of propelled me, helped me get my name out, uh, let people know who I was, and I think that really set me up uh, to get you know some placements early on. You know, yeah. I worked with uh, I Standard, I worked with just a lot of local beat battle scene uh, mm-hmm. events and stuff like that. Traveled, and that was that was really the basis of me um, leading to where I'm at now. You know, just being able to see like. I knew at that moment it was just more of like, okay, this is my starting point. I just need to grind it, grind it, grind it, and let this be for a moment and figure out my way through the process to be able to take the next step to the next level. And I think that's what, you know, that's where it started. So what year is this? What year did you say, hey, I'm going to make this commitment? Um, That was in 2013, man. I quit my job in 2013, May 13th. Oh, man, you remember the day. 2013. Oh, yeah, I definitely remember the day. Uh, what was that feeling like? It was, you know what? I, I had, uh, I had, um, I tell this story a lot. I have, um, I was at, I was working a nine to five uh, with a buddy that, and I've been with the company for eight years, and um, we had just got into a rut financially, and I wasn't getting paid, and it just got to a point where I was like, "Yo, I, I didn't get paid for six whole months," and. Uh, as it being my homie, I was real understanding for a long time. But then it just got to a point where I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to take a leave of absence. And so what I did is I I stopped doing all the work I was doing, yeah. went home, and I was just really waiting for him to get some money so that way he could pay me and I'd come back to work. But I was literally off for, you know, no more than a week. And I just had this, like, the heavens open. Yeah. I just really felt at that moment, I was like, yo, this is a great opportunity for me to really finally push myself musically I was uh, uh, at the time I was actually an artist and a producer uh, had my boy Fame here and uh, he was actually part of my group as well uh-huh. and it just you know I felt like man I've never done anything for myself I've always helped other people get to you know different places in life and I just felt like I'm done I'm yeah. done I, I don't even want to mess with this situation anymore and so I knew right then and there I was like I'm going to try this music thing and um, I didn't have a plan <laughs> in retrospect. I probably would have never done that again, but I'm glad it happened the way it happened. Um, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just knew I wasn't going to go back to work. So I submitted my resignation letter and I was like, yo, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I went in, turned in my keys, everything, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I went home and I was like, okay, so now what, what am I going to do? And um, I talked to my boys because it's, you know, we were a crew of about five and at the time we had dwindled down to three and uh, just was talking, was like, yo, I wanted to keep doing this music thing. And, you know, the guys, they had, life happens, you know, people were, they were having kids, some of them were getting married. And um, I was really the only one who didn't have anything going on like that. I yeah. was just so submerged <clears throat> in the music. Mm-hmm. And I had to talk with them. I was like, yo, I'm thinking about doing my solo thing. And they were like, and they're like, as an artist, I'm like, nah, I want to do producing. And, they were for it. They're like, we think you can do it. You know, whatever that's you need from up. us, you know, we got you. So that was, that's what happened. You know what I mean? And then I started trying to find like, what's the next move? What am I going to do? And I just hopped on the internet and I thought, 
beat battles. Like that's the fastest way I can get involved in something. Yeah. I had done them before. And when I did them, so many people were like, yo, wanted to know about me and my music. And I was like, that's just where I'm going to start and we'll figure it out from there. Mm. And that's what I did. I just started researching. I started finding beat battles. And it was crazy because in Dallas at that time, there was nothing. Yeah. And we traveled what, to Austin, I think. Austin <clears throat> and Corpus. I had done a couple out there. And then I heard about the first one here. It's like that first one happened. And then all of a sudden, the scene blew up. There were beat battles all so, over So Dallas. talk about that. Yeah. So talk, talk about that part. Yeah, man. Uh, like the beat battle scene just got crazy overnight, it seemed like. You know, um, there was a guy here locally who does a lot of like hip hop driven events and he tries to cater to all the elements. Um, and he had, you know, started doing beat battles. And so I got into that and it was a little, there was like a hundred people packed out in this little bitty venue, but it felt real underground. It felt like eight mile type, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's like when I won that beat battle, it's like the right people were there. Yeah. People started talking, Burn. you know, people started kind of being like, yo, who is this dude? And, um, like I said, all these other people started doing beat battles. So I was like, yo, that's it. I don't got to go nowhere. It's here, you know? And so I just started moving and moving and moving um, at all these beat battles. And the cool thing was I started winning. That's really what, you know, when I did it, I wasn't, I was trying to win, but yeah. the, the, I knew like, this is just more about getting my sound out. Yeah. I want people to hear me. And so I didn't care if I lost, but I just kept winning. And I think I ended up winning like 10 in a row between Dallas, Austin, Houston, uh, Corpus, uh, even Atlanta. I went out to Atlanta and did one uh, back then. And um, yeah, man, the rest was, it's just like, that's where my career was headed. It's like I was known for the beat battle producer and nobody really knew anything about me prior to that. I mean, <clears throat> I was producing for our group, I was producing for the artists and it was just a new element for me, but I liked it. I was getting the attention that I thought like, yeah, this is it. People in Dallas are finally gonna get to know who I am. Mind you, we blew up in, or we didn't blow up, but a lot of our business was down south. Austin, San Antonio, Corpus. We did like maybe one show in Dallas and we were all living here in Dallas oh, as wow. artists. So nobody even knew me when I stepped out on as a producer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It was my first introduction and it, it just kind of slowly took off from there. And yeah. So you're doing the beat battle thing. Mm-hmm. So what are what are the things that kind of happened between what was kind of, first of all what was kind of the big event for you the big opportunity that broke everything up and I know you had the double XL thing. Um, um, well, there was two really big events pr- prior to the double XL, um, which kind of catapulted me. Is I did the uh, first ever international beat battle. Mm-hmm. It was a Team Texas versus Toronto. Oh yeah, and, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, and Boy Wonder was you know the head of uh, the head coach for the Toronto team. And they had like Wonder Girl was on their squad and a few other people. And then for here, it was S1. And I was on, I got handpicked to be on the squad for Texas. And it was at South by Southwest, dude. We had like 12,000 people RSVP for the event. There was literally blocks each way from the club of people lined up trying to get in. And the venue maybe held a thousand people, maybe. Like so many people got turned away. I had people blowing my phones like, yo, can you get me in? And It was crazy. It was and, and there was a lot of big name artists there. Like Kevin Gates was there, Static Selector was there. Um who else was there? Um uh Tori was there. Um it's a lot of people, man. A lot of people. And um it was a dope event. It was just one is that was the event to be at, at South by in 2014. And that immediately shot me up to another level. Um, and then later that year, I ended up doing uh, Ice Standards, Beast of the Beast. Mm-hmm. And um, I have made it to the final. So I flew out to New York and uh, ended up taking first place. And they helped me get my first placement with Snow the Product. And that was really like the next level for me. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So those two events right there really catapulted me to that next place. And then after that, it was like <clears throat> revamp. And now how do I tackle this? I'm in the industry now. And how do I move? And that's that's where it was from there. So... <clears throat> All this is going on, and you're trying to, you're kind of plotting your next move, but at the same time, you're doing all these things for Dallas, right? Yeah. So, can you talk about that a little bit, right? Because you kind of put them on the map, right? Because I, I was telling, you know, Dylan, I was like, man, I saw this Dallas Up documentary. You're talking about it's New York, it's LA, it's Atlanta. No, Dallas somewhere in that top yeah. four or five, you know what I mean? So, so talk about that movement. So, I'm very optimistic, man. Like, I'm, I'm one of those guys who believes that one day we'll achieve world peace, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but one thing I had noticed here in Dallas was that 
there was a lot of talented producers. I was going to these beat battles things like, oh, I'm going to clean up. I'm going to go in there and smash. And mm-hmm. I quickly found out, like, yo, this is this is different. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these yeah. dudes go hard, man. Like, And um, I realized we were also, like, it was like, yo, you're dope. Like, yo, you're dope. And there was just an instant camaraderie, it seemed like. And um, my first step was like, yo, I think this is going to be something really dope. I don't know if we really realize what's happening here. And I remember I took one of the first, if not the first, group picture. We went to a, um, I went to a beat battle and I wasn't in it. I was going to see the other producers. That's how entertaining it was at that time. Mm. And I was like, yo, I want to tell them I want to get a group picture because I think this is the start of something really cool. Mm-hmm. So I had everybody afterwards. I got on the mic. I asked the guy, can I get on the mic real quick? And so, yo, I want to get a group picture with everybody. All the producers got them up there, and we took a group picture. And I made it a point at every event to get all the producers. And and it was, I, you know, I specialize in marketing and in in building brands and stuff like that. So I knew that that image and those images were going to resonate with people watching. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I want people to see this because we got to put that in our minds in order to even start moving in that direction. Yeah. And we, I did that, bro, for a long time. It's always taking pictures, always posting videos of all of us together. Yeah. And it just got to a point where, like, I felt the beat battle culture here was so <clears throat> epic, bro. It was movie-esque. Like, if you ever been to them, it, when I tell you, like, if you haven't seen some of these producers, y'all got a little taste last night at the event. Yeah. But there's guys that were doing specifically beat battle style beats. Yeah. And it was, you didn't need an artist. You didn't need somebody to go in there and spit bars. These beats were doing them themselves and the crowds were going crazy, bro. Mm. And it was just so high energy. And I thought, this is a story. This is like, a, in my eyes, it was a movie unraveling. Mm. And I felt like nobody was watching. I felt like, man, nobody knows this is happening. <clears throat> you know, only people who know are people who are following. And mind you, at this time, I maybe had like 500 followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like maybe a Beginning thousand phases. people on Facebook. And I told myself, I was like, you know what? There's got to be a way for us to get this out there. Like I need to, I want to somehow highlight what we're doing and bring some light to it and just set, make an introduction. And so I... Decided to do that documentary, the um, Sound Collective Dallas Up documentary. And I handpicked those producers. And at the time, those were the producers that were involved with all the events. We had all rubbed shoulders and become friends. And and I was like, I'll start with these guys. Mm-hmm. And as I started doing that event, or that was typical. You know what? That was crazy because that was supposed to be an, a documentary that I do in seven days. And then the <laughs> following week, I was trying to put the content out. Yeah. And every day I had set up sessions with all the producers, you know, and even though I collabed with them, it was more about highlighting them Um, because I always felt like somebody's got to orchestrate it. Somebody's, you know, sometimes the leader ends up taking the back seat, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, I always felt good leaders are also good servants. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how to serve and and, and lead. Sometimes you got to lead by example. And so... I felt like I'll take the back seat, but I'll highlight them. I'll get my shine on the back end anyway. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Everybody wins here. And um, it was cool, man, because as I started doing these, all these other producers start coming out the woodworks. And I was like, man, I could do a whole nother one of these, probably two more yeah. with yeah. all the same caliber of producers. And so when I went through the footage the next day, I realized, I was like, this is so much. That was the biggest video project we had done in a long time. I was like, yo, this is gigs upon gigs of footage. <laughs> this is going to take more than a week. Like, we got to really go through this, and I want to do it the right way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it ended up being a year and a half later that we released Damn. it. Yeah. So what you're looking at is old, probably two, when you, by the time you saw it, we were looking at two years now. Yeah. yeah. But it yeah, was my way that. of saying, I knew that these guys were going to be something. And then uh, Reezy Tunes was in there. He's got, he's the guy that we just did, y'all just did y'all's video with. With the uh, the stars and empire, yeah, behind the beat, yeah, yeah, Kraken was in there. Kraken's got tons of placements. You know what I'm saying? Um, Medicine's been touring all over the world, yeah, like doing a beat set. So it does a lot of EDM type stuff. Um, myself, I mean, the crazy part about it is the day after we shot that footage, I got the phone call for my first placement with Snow the Product. Wow, that's dope. That's and dope, I was man. like, wow, and I felt like that was paid. My payment. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm doing this. And so it got to that point where I feel like it's a give and take. You know what I mean? Like 
you got to give to receive. And in my mind, you know, that's how I was brought up. And so I try to do my best to give back. And sometimes these guys, they don't understand. They don't get what it's like to promote themselves. They don't understand because we're creatives. All that matters is making the beat, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so I'm trying to help these guys understand we can get out there more. Like yeah. there's more we can do so people can pay attention to us. And that's really how it started. Man. We're, we're big done. followers here of Gary Vee, right? And so I, I believe- love Gary Vee. Right. And so I believe, I really believe when he says, as long as you're giving more than you get, you'll always be winning in life. And so that's what that is. I agree. You know, for people and like for me, man, I don't feel satisfied if I'm not doing this. Sometimes I feel like, man, ain't nobody doing anything for me. Or sometimes I feel like, man, it's, I do more giving than I get. But at the end of the day, if I'm being 1,000% honest, I don't feel satisfied unless I'm doing for others. That's just me. Yeah. Everybody ain't like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's just my plight. That's how I was raised. That's how what I've accepted. And I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if I'm unhappy with the situation, I come to grips with But I chose that. And how would I feel if I had not done it? Mm. You understand? So that, but that's me, and I believe that to you know to the core. With uh, with the way content is these days, you know what I'm saying? Like looking back, how you took yeah. a year and a half, like, and you know, how you said you wanted to be good, but you wanted to be out fast. And you you got to find that balance, right? You think if you were to do it over again, you would take that long again? No, definitely not. Because you know what, I, you know what happened. Also, it was like um, it was a good and bad thing because everybody was so excited about it. Mm. And so much happened in a year and a half time. A lot of steam and momentum from us had dwindled. Yeah. And it actually got to a point where I almost didn't put it out because I felt like too much time has passed. You, you know what I mean? We do it way better. We look like, different. Yeah. People are doing way better. And and I was really, really contemplating that. But I, I felt, A, I felt like, no, I said I would do it. I got to finish. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the other thing was like, but nobody else knows this story. Yeah. Does it matter how old the content is? Is it deliverable? Is it good? Is Can people receive it and, and understand what we're trying to do? And I felt like, yeah, it was still very relevant material. So I finally, I'll never forget, it was like the last month. I finally just said, I'm working this whole month. I'm getting this thing out. Yeah. So me and my, my video guy, shout out to Demo, uh, we locked in and finished it up. And then... Um, we put it out. Well, we didn't you, put it out at first. You did it first. with Machine Masters, right? So here's how this happened. <laughs> yes and no. We actually did the whole the whole video, and we didn't know how we were going to release it. Okay. Uh, I was going to release it first myself, but then I was like, man, I feel like we need a bigger platform. So what I wanted to do is just gauge to see where the city was on it, and I wanted to know if people were going to receive and even buy into what I was doing at this point. Mm. So I actually, we did it at a movie theater, a private release, uh, or just a viewing, and we packed out the biggest theater at the Alamo Draft House, and That's we dope. had to open another theater where they had to like video it into the other screen. Wow. And it was super dope. S One came through and helped. Ho he actually hosted the event for me. Wow! Um, and we did a full like cast up front interview with the audience, played the video, and it was an amazing night, bro. Amazing. So I thought. And and I did that because I wanted to try to recreate the energy behind everything. Mm. So the guys were excited again. Local local blog. Yeah, that's smart and, as hell, man. Yeah, yeah, they were writing about it. We you know we got some press locally, and so I was like, all right, what's the next step? If I put this out, maybe five thousand people, maybe ten will see it. And I had already been building with Machine Masters because I had done their um, on the spot mm -hmm. oh, okay. session and I was the first video on their series to hit over a million views mm. Mm. so we're pushing about to hit two million and we're still the highest watched video on their channel so I hit them up I was like man you know see if they'd be down to do it and they're like yeah let's do it so we worked out something where we can include their logos in a commercial and I was down for that like because those guys had been pivotal part for my career early <clears throat> and I wanted to you know continue that partnership so we worked out a deal release the footage to there and it's doing well you know what i mean it's it's not where i want it yet but mm -hmm. i think it's a slow burn i think people will get to it when they get to it but when they do it's it's a really cool reaction people are like yo i love this i love what you guys are doing and everybody thinks we're still in that bubble of yeah. time <laughs> but we're not and that's what you i need to update but yeah. i love it but i love it right now because when they come they're like what y'all are doing this and that how like how i was like that's the growth you know what I mean? You yeah. get to see the evolution of I, I this is what we were trying to say then is like we're going to be and now you're seeing and we are becoming. You know what I mean? So 
I think it's a dope, dope story is that's unraveling. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. So we have an Instagram question from James Minor 911. I am sick with it. He said, has there ever been a time you had to compromise your artistic integrity to work with an artist? Um, no. No, not my artistic art integrity, no. Um, but I'm I'm a little bit different. Um, because branding and marketing is a big part of what I do. Um, I'm also a lover of music. I'm a lover of the <clears throat> artists. Like, there's gotta be a compromise somewhere mm-hmm. sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, um, as producers, we get so attached to our music. We're like, don't we don't wanna touch it. This is exactly I I structured it beat verse, you know what I mean, hook verse hook and and or like these are the sounds I use, and sometimes we overcomplicate it just because <clears throat> we get so involved in the creation process. Um, I'm big on trying to cater to artists as well. Yeah. Like I think that's important. Collaboration is super important uh, for great music. I, you know, it's not just one person that always is the, the the full leader and they make the record super dope. It's always the collab. You need the artist. You need the engineer. You need yeah. the producer. You need whoever else is going to be the instrumentalist. Um, you know, all that is is part of it. So for me, I always feel going into a situation that I I keep it open so everybody has input. And, and when you do that, I don't really feel like I did it on my own that I had to compromise anything. Mm. Um, if there's ever a time, I, I always voice my opinion. If I feel like, yo, this is not the move, mm. we need to try this, I'll do that. But up to now, I don't feel like I've had to compromise anything on in in a negative sense. Right. Um, <clears throat> or devalued or or you know who, who my creation and my creativity is. So I don't know. Hopefully that answers his question. He said, "Great answer." <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the Dallas? You know. Uh, rapper scene like and has the growth the same growth in the producer community correlated over uh yeah recently as of 2017 it was crazy because like i think 2015 is when a lot of placements started coming out of dallas you started seeing all the the local uh people you were grinding with start getting placements so 27 2015 2016 was really popping or started really pop and we were ahead of the we were ahead like the artists weren't even touching us at that time and there was a big conversation. It's like, yo, why are the producers not working with the local artists to put them mm-hmm. on? And, and I think, you know, the answer to that is I, I was, for me, I was always wanting to see the same hunger and drive that we had. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to work with somebody that wasn't as hungry and driven yeah. and willing to make those sacrifices. You got to tell them, like, bro, you got to do it this way. This yeah. Way, and and I don't want to hold nobody's hand. Nobody yeah. held my hand. You know bro. what I'm saying? Like, so, but 2017, bro, I think they, there was just a, I think we set the precedence. And I think they saw that. And some of it maybe didn't even have to do anything with us. Maybe they they were just, it's just timing, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. every, timing is a big factor in everything. And I think they were just ready. A lot of the artists just started popping up left and right. Dope artists. Who are some of the, the, so, you know, the, the big ones that you think? Um, <laughs> obviously, right now, like the the current artists I've been, work, I've been working with is Bobby Sessions. Then you have Yellow Beezy. He just, you know, his song's been out for a couple months and they, they, you know, they're doing like 15 mil on their video. Um, You know, Go Yayo, Trap Boy Freddy. Um, I mean, there's a lot, bro. Like, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm missing quite a few of them right now, but. um, And there's a lot coming because, you know. Yeah, there's a lot coming. Like, there was a guy last night. I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, Ricky Blue, he performed last night. Flex and Fab, he performed last night. He's doing really dope. Uh, he just locked, like, he's been working with Zaytoven. Uh, Flex and Fab has. And, you know, there's just a lot of people making moves. Mm-hmm. Yellow Beezy been in the studio with Chris Brown. And, you know, you see all these things popping up. You're like, this is dope. Like, these are all guys from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's, it's awesome. And I think now the producers are trying to see, like, okay, who do I want to work with? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. who can I tie up now? Like, we want to help build these artists up and get them what they need. So it's dope. Are there any patterns or anything special you noticed about, you know, that helped the, all these artists, you know, start to, you know, establish themselves? Um, no, not that I've ever been able to pick up on, but um, I haven't, I haven't really even thought about it. Like, is there a certain pattern, but. Or a certain um, thing that people started doing differently or yeah, more of. I, I don't know, man. I think, I mean, I think obviously a lot of content has to do with that social media content. You know, people putting their stuff out more has a big deal to do with it. But some of these records are just taken, bro. Like the city's just loving them. They're getting behind them. And it's just it's just one of those things where they're building a big following even mm. locally, you know. So 
What are the business relationships like here? I know that's something we talk about a lot in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about collaboration. We also talk about doing business the right way. Where is that culture grown as these artists and, and producers start to get together? It's growing. It's growing. Um, we don't have that. Co- we've never really had that culture full-fledged here. So any of the guys that had worked on bigger records, bigger artists, you know, they they figured out how to do that, but it was like one-offs here, one-offs there. Mm-hmm. So now that a lot of things are starting to happen, it's forcing people to really get their their mind right, get their business right, get their, you know what I mean, get get knowledge yeah. on how to operate business. Um, even for me, I had a I've had a really good handle on a lot of things, but some situations as of <clears throat> recent have forced me to really like reevaluate how I do business. Yeah, uh, making sure I've got you know I've got all my stuff set up. I have my sound exchange and my BMI and I have an attorney and I have, you know what I mean? I have everything that's in place that I need, but more people need it. And they're figuring that out. You know Mm. what I'm saying? As these big opportunities come, their reason, and I get a lot of phone calls. It's like, yo, you know, I got this opportunity. What should I do? I was like, first thing, bro, get you an attorney. Like you don't need a manager, get you an attorney because that's going to be a pivotal part of what you're doing. And it's new. It's new to the culture here. Um, because a lot of people work off the homie system and yeah. mm. everybody's work works together to get to what we have because we don't really have much. Um, but now I think a lot of people are realizing, yo, I got to get my stuff in order and get ready because it's coming, you know? So we're going to switch lanes a little bit here and roll into our overrated, underrated segment. Oh, sure. We give you five topics and you tell us whether you think these things are overrated or underrated. Oh, this seems like it's going to be fun. <laughs> so if we think it merits further uh, explanation, we'll just say, hey, man, tell us about that. So All right. Perfect. We are overrated, underrated, live in Dallas with Sick With It. Yeah. So Sick With It, overrated, underrated, moving to another market for music opportunities. Oof. Man, that was a good question. <laughs> I would say underrated. Mm. Mm. I'll say underrated. Okay. And I'm going to ask you a little bit later about kind of you being able to stay in Dallas. So I yeah. think we're going to get some explanation and that's where, on that. Yeah, because that's where I I, I, I want to say overrated, but I, I'm being realistic. It's, it's underrated. Mm. Okay. Overrated, underrated. Getting placements with established artists. These are good questions, dog. <laughs> like, yo, um, I'll, I'll say underrated. Yeah. Mm, okay. And I, I'll be, I'll gladly elaborate on any of these. So go ahead. I want you to elaborate on that one. I want to hear. Um, I say underrated because they still hold a lot of influence on your career. Mm. You and know, your brand, like right? a lot of those, we need those to be able to brand ourselves yeah. and, and for people to say, like, oh, you worked with him. I want to work with you too. You know, that's always a good thing. Or you could go the hard way and, find out ways for people to hear your music. And, and that's always a, you know, plus I, I always encourage entrepreneurship. I encourage being independent, trying to find an avenue and path that works for you to be financially free and able to move around in your own career. But we are in the music business. Um, ideally you want to find your own artists and develop them to a point where they're big artists. That's <clears throat> ideal, but that doesn't happen for everybody. Um, that doesn't happen for everybody. And, there's a lot of people involved right now. There's a lot of producers out there that want a career. There's a lot. So, and not everybody's driven like that. Not everybody will be able to create their own path and make it into a full-fledged business. Um, so for those guys, like, they're still they're still shooting for those big placements and need those. And I think we all need a few of them. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I say underrated. All right, man. Overrated, underrated. We're sick with it. Overrated, underrated. Having a producer logo. Uh, overrated. Okay, okay, I can see that. Overrated, underrated. Major label deals as a producer. Overrated. And we've talked about that enough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think people have a good idea of that. And lastly, overrated, underrated. Fuel City tacos. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to man. You know what? There's such a big uh, controversy about that here in the city. I'll say underrated because they're always clutch you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. it's perfect time to be selling tacos whether they're the best tacos or not they're gonna be open that late and gonna be able to <laughs> tell get the people to about, about uh fuel city it's only in dallas right yeah so fuel city tacos is this gas station here in dallas um right at the edge of the city uh downtown actually and um they're, uh, they're open every night almost is it 24 hours 
yeah, you can go through that spot and get tacos whenever. And it's become this like big staple in the city, especially on Thursday nights, Thursday, Fridays, and Saturday nights. I mean, that parking lot will be packed out like you're at the club. It's because yeah. it's, <laughs> it's the people, all the people from the club going there to eat. Yeah. And you will stand in that line, but you can hang out, you know what I mean? Talk with people yeah. and chill. And it's, it's dope. It's, it's real dope. It's yeah, spot. we stopped by there uh, during the daytime, but... Yeah, was, oh, so you didn't dope. even get, nah, the experience. We didn't get the full experience tonight. If you get a chance, go out there tonight, see what happens. You might have to pull through. Yeah. The first person we met up when we got to town was YL and Omega Waits. We was hungry. He was like, all right, we're going to take you somewhere. You thought he was going to take us somewhere by his yeah. crib. Like, why are we going 30 minutes right. for some tacos, right. man? We just, <laughs> bruh. Then when we get there, because like, we had lost, uh, like, you know, we were following him, but they had, you know, we had lost him. And when I get there, I'm like, bro, it's a gas station. You got the right spot. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, bro. Trust yeah, me. It's a gas yeah. station and it's got a little window off to the side. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Was, picnic tables though. out there. Yeah, it's dope, though. So we're going to be back here on uh, June 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be joining us for our Cook It Up Keynote and VIP Showcase. Yeah. Um, we're going to have Cassius J, yourself, YLM 808s, and some others. We're going to have Bottle Girls VIP section, Hot Beats. It's going to be lit. So what can participants expect from a Cook It Up Keynote session with Sick With It? Um, secrets, bro. Yeah. Mm. The sauce. Drip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sauce. Um, yeah, man. Like I get, man, I get tons of people hitting me up about my process. Yo, how do you do this? How do you do that? And um, for moments like this, I save it. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to tell everybody everything that I do, but every now and then I even hop on my IG and I'm like, yo, let me show you some things that I do. Mm. And this is gonna be perfect for anybody that comes to the session. They'll get to see like how sick what he does his stuff. And it'd be worth it too, man. I had a short little conversation with you right before the uh, podcast started. Yeah. And you just showed me a little something. I was like, ooh, we. And I've been using Reason for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they'll definitely be dope. So have you ever done like a um seminar before? Like a cook, like a demonstration? Um, I do them all the time online, like yeah. on my Instagram, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, like but in person. Yeah, I've done a couple. Um, it's not something that I do like all the time and I don't want to do all the time. Um, but every now and then I like to drop gems. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do B critiques? I do do B critiques. Yep. And I'm brutally honest too. <laughs> so that means you need to follow I am sick with it on Instagram and turn your no- post notifications on. Yeah. 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 And he'll be sure. doing B critiques with us at our event too. So yeah, that's going to yeah. be dope. Hell yeah. Y'all better be prepared. <laughs> most deaf, most deaf. So, um, you have a certain kind of sound, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, last time I saw, actually, when I met you, you gave me a bunch of sounds, right? right. So I spent a lot of time working with that stuff. Um, really enjoyed the sounds, right? And I kind of hear um, a lot of your style, right? Um, I can kind of hear it in the beats a little bit of the style of Dallas, right? And um, you kind of you have a way of merging trap with boom bap. And I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, we spoke before the podcast, and I kind of asked you if that was an accurate statement. Yeah. Um, um, it's partially accurate. Yeah. And and I was saying that because I also mix it with my sound is very influenced by just music in general. Yeah. You know, my boy, my boy will force me to listen to a lot of oldies. Um, so that's where that old school will come from. But I love also EDM. I love country music, Spanish music, like all that to me. You know, my dad's a musician. Right, right, and right. And so I grew up just loving music as a whole. Yeah. And so I've always found it intriguing to like be able to piece music together. Yeah. And I think that kind of crafted who I was as a producer. And so I love putting different sounds together that most people typically wouldn't use mm-hmm. and finding a way for them to mesh comfortably where it's like, what? Yeah. I would have never thought to put that together, but it sounds dope, you know? Um, and there's a fine line between being uh, trying something new or creative and it actually sounding good, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I try to mesh a lot of different sounds together, and um, I think that kind of creates who I am as a producer. I've heard you tell the story about your dad before, and kind of that musical background. Uh-huh. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Just kind of growing up and learning a little bit more about the music industry. Yeah, man. Uh, my dad is like a big time. Uh, they call it conjunto, but it's Spanish music. Um, he, since he was eighteen years old, has been in a Spanish group and. Uh, eventually took ownership of the group. And, you know, when I was coming up, when I was growing up, he was traveling all over the world, just becoming, you know, he was just a superstar. I couldn't go anywhere with my dad without somebody stopping us and recognizing him and trying to talk with him. And, um, but, you know, my dad didn't live with us. So what he would do is on his weekends, when he would come pick me up, we literally would go to shows, Mm. unload the trucks and trailers, help set up. And then I would chill in the back with the drummer my godfather was the bass player. 
And um, I would just watch. And I loved the drums at the time. I think in middle school, like I was playing, I was in band and, you know, just starting to learn how to play drums. And so I would watch uh, our drummer, his drummer. And then every now and then he let me get up on stage and do the shakers or play some kind <laughs> yeah. of like little instrument that all I had to do was stay on beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. But growing up around that really enticed that music inside of me. You know what I mean? Like stirred it up and... And as I got older, I started fooling around with stuff when I go to his house, playing with his keyboards. And I made my first beat at his house, you know what I mean? And on a keyboard. And I loved it. And I thought yeah. it was so dope. And at the time, I was, an, you know, I, as I was getting older in high school, I started fooling around with rapping. And, you know, I wanted to be a rapper and all this stuff. And, mm -hmm. and you know, over time, I just got this love for music. I wanted to start making my own beats. Yeah. Um, but my dad went on, has gone on to be like in the Tejano Hall of Fame, the Conjunto Hall of Fame. He's got keys to the city, got a wow. lifetime achievement award. Yeah. And those you're, are huge shoes to fill, but that's where I you're get. You're kind of doing it, bro. Like you're kind of doing it. I know for you it's probably hard to see, but I, I speak in projections, right? And I, when I look at your path, yeah. What will it be in five years and what will it be in 10 years? And yeah. look what you're doing for your city musically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's it's cool, man. And, and obviously, like, I don't do the same type of music he does. Mm. But um, just that seeing him do that and seeing the kind of influence he has, I love that about him. And, he, and you know, my dad is always like, be a good person. You know what I'm saying? He would always tell me be, every time he would drop me off and, you know, he'd be like, hey, be a good person. Mm. And I was like, that stuck with me. You know what I'm saying? And so I see how he maneuvers. And so parts of that really kind of mold who I am. I see how my mom maneuvers. Parts of that mold who I am. And uh, then there's me just finding myself and putting all that together. And that music has always been at the core of all of that. You know, mm. so I naturally just put all that together and you get sick with it. Hell yeah. And it makes sense too, man, because I know you're never going to brag on yourself. And there's a lot of... I mean, sometimes I will. <laughs> but I know there's a lot of moves that you make that a lot of people aren't going to see. And I've watched how you've handled your business, man. Right. And being a good person in this industry matters. Yes. You know what I mean? Because you have to rely on other people to get things done a lot of times. Relationships are everything, man. And how you treat people is crucial because you never know. And and a lot of times, like, I watch, pe I watch man, and a lot of people... They, they're quick to go after the person on the spotlight, not understanding that like, the person in the spotlight's not the one who really makes the moves mm -hmm. happen. And so they shit on everybody else. And I've seen that time after time. I've seen opportunities come through the door and only want the big moments. And, and it just doesn't work like that. There's a lot of work that goes into this. There's a lot of building with people, uh, time. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just sometimes you don't, you got to understand that sometimes you got to be friends with a person for five years before you get that one small opportunity that could be something big or something mm -hmm. small. You know what I mean? Yeah. Either way, it's it's about who you know and it's about how you treat and nurture those relationships, man. And I don't think people really get that. Um, everybody's looking for that quick, instant, now gratification and and who's the guy I need to go talk to. And yeah. sometimes you can't always get to that guy. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Sometimes you got you to gotta take baby steps and, and figure it out and... Yeah, man, I think it's important. I think, you know, you got to be mindful because you never know. Who you, and I learned that the hard way. Um, I'm a very assertive individual. You know what I mean? So I'm always, I always want to know who the top guy is because I'm straight to the point. I just want to get to business. Other people don't do that. <laughs> Other people want to get to the top so they can take a picture or, you know what I mean, stunt or whatever. And and maybe become a superstar because they're their affiliation. Mm. Well, for me, it's not. I, I, I realize there's a lot of times that doing that, I would do this. Yeah, let me get to the top. and You know what I mean? And not understanding, like, this person is a vital part of what's happening. You know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? And so I through that, I've learned to just treat everybody with respect and understand, like, yo, I've had that done to me. People don't think I can get them in the door anywhere or do anything for anybody. And that's just not the truth. You yeah. Know? So. Hell yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, we at Producer Grind, we recognize the power of relationships, right? Right. And so we say we don't just want to come do an event in Dallas. We want to come build relationships. Right. And so we say, hey, it's important to touch down, get on the ground, meet the people. You know what I mean? True. So, um, And you guys have been very welcoming. That's what's been awesome. And, like, everybody that we've met has that same kind of welcoming aura, too. You know what's crazy? I just sat on the panel, a panel this past weekend, and it was me, Freddie Bruno, Reezy, Kraken, and Brown Royal. And they spoke highly of us saying those exact words. They're like, y'all all have this warm, welcoming, humbling, like, 
character about y'all guys. And that's just who we are, man. Yeah, like, right. you know what I mean? This is down south. We're very, <clears throat> very welcoming. Um, but they asked us, why are y'all like that? Like, why do y'all embrace each other? Why do y'all embrace other people? And the reality of it is, bro, we ain't had nothing. Mm. We don't have anything. We don't have what <clears throat> you guys in Atlanta have. We don't have what Cali has. We don't have what New York has. We're trying to build that. Mm-hmm. And if we try to do that individually, it'll never get done. Mm. So I think we recognize that and we just try to lock arms as often we can um, and try to make something happen. So earlier we were kind of talking about how the ideal situation would be to be able to build an artist from the ground up. Right. But it doesn't always happen. Correct. But for you, you've had a chance to kind of start to do that already. Um, with Bobby Sessions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this has kind of been some of the biggest news, you know, recently. So I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit, um, the Def Jam signing and things like that. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been really cool. Bobby was an artist who was already kind of doing his own thing here in the city. He mm-hmm. had put out an album. or well, when I had met him, he hadn't put any albums out. Mm-hmm. Um, I had seen him at a show, heard him, and was instantly like, yo, this dude's got something went and introduced myself and was like, yo, um, I want to work with you. I'm a producer. Like, I think we can do some stuff. And got a, a call maybe a month later, and he was doing an album release party or listening session, a private yeah. listening session. <clears throat> when he checked out his first album, it was really cool. And it made me want to work with him more. And um, just over time, man, like, the album came out. We had tried to work on things a couple of times, but it just turned into me giving him beats and him trying to figure out if he wanted to use them. And then I had the Machine Masters deal come through and I, I called him. I was like, yo, I think it would be dope for you to get on. I want people to know who you are. Mm. You know, um, you know, he was making his own waves here locally. I was doing my thing. And uh, when I brought him in, him and another artist named Topic, it just was pretty dope. And it took off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It took off. And then... We really sat down and he's like, yo, I'm working on my second project. There's another producer locally who's um, producing it, but there's a few songs that I want you to come in. I think you will really help give it that next boost that we need before I put it out. Mm. So I ended up locking in on three songs and that was like the development stages. And then once that project came out, like on that record, I think all the songs I had produced had got local awards oh, wow, and man. videos. And yeah, it was really <clears throat> dope. And then he was like ready to work on his next project and he hit me up. He's like, I want to come lock in with you. And it just turned into some really dope music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It turned into something really, really fresh sounding for him, for the city. It's like, yo, I think we got some really cool stuff. And we just started working, man, and just started building a catalog. And he had an idea for a project, but then, <clears throat> um, you know, he's got a team, he's got a management and label he signed with. And they really started falling in love with the music too. And so we started brainstorming. They're like, look, we can get into situation for uh, some labels, but we need more music like this. Let's mm. keep pumping out more music like this. So we have something to present when we get to these labels. So that's what we did. We put everything on the back burner. We stopped trying to figure out a release date for everything. Mm. Just kept building. And then Paul Rosenberg takes office over at Def Jam. And Bobby's manager has a relationship with him over there. And he called me. His manager called me and was like, yo, I think we have a really good shot at getting Bobby in just based off relationship, but I need those records. Can you lock in and give me something to take to these? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So me and Bobby locked in the last two months, just hammered out these dope records. And uh, Bobby signed at the top of January. Like literally as soon as Paul took office, um, a day or two later, Bobby had a contract and was was good to go. And this is like Paul's personal project <clears throat> with Bobby. And so, um, you know, it's a big deal. That's Eminem's manager. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and so they've already, we've already released a single and we're trying to wrap up the last parts of the album and it'll be the first album come out from an artist locally uh, signed to a major label like that in a very, very long time. So can you describe his style a little bit? You know, he's, I know he's different. He's very lyrical and, you know, he has, Quite a bit to say. Um, Bobby's really got that. He's he's pretty. Let me see how I could put this. He's very influenced with live music. He loves live drums, <laughs> live bass, and I know that has a lot to do with like the the jazz and neo soul parts of Dallas. Mm-hmm. But he's also got that fun and exciting part of him where he wants to just spaz out on some dope beats. And so, um, his first two records had more of an earthy tone to him. Uh, a lot of live instrumentation, a lot of like uh, 
jazzy neo soul feel, uh, hip hop feel. And then re more recently, we went for like the harder stuff. Mm -hmm. So we've changed it up. We've added, you know, obviously I've added some 808s to his stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not that he didn't have any of that stuff. He did have some of that stuff, but you know, my stuff's more like in your face. It's either gonna make you jam or be aggressive a lot of the times. Uh, but we mixed that with what he was already doing. We didn't want to take him too far out of his <clears> element because that's what people were falling in love with. Um, so we've found a way, which I feel like I was perfect for because I can mix all that together. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So, yeah. so that's where he's at now. Um, this next project he's got coming out, it's going to be in your face. So oh, yeah. that's what it is. But now it's time for the um factor. Good, man. Oh, all right. Sick with it. You are on the Producer Grind podcast. Um factor. You will have 30 seconds. You cannot stop talking. You cannot say um or ah. And you have to talk about the topic that we give you. Um or ah. Uh, like, I can't be like, um. Nah, you can't do none of <laughs> like that. Like, if I needed to think or anything. Like, ooh, it's going to be. Like, you, if you stop for a half second, you better fill that space. I'm going to bing you. All right, man. All right. And you got big shoes to fill. We've had a lot of guys do this, man. And All right, here we go. Sick with it. You are on the um factor. You have 30 seconds. To describe the difference between the ATL producer culture and the Dallas producer culture. Are you ready? Yes. Set. Go. The producer culture here in Dallas is not as established as the one in Atlanta. They have a hub. Like they have 20 seconds. They have something that where there's a lot of industry things happening. They have access. They have certain places they can go where they're gonna be able to work with uh, you know artists or other producers to collaborate on projects here. Because we don't have that established already, we're kind of right. spread out, and Four. we have to really make things Three. happen to get to a point Two. where we can work with each other, One. And collaborate. Sick with it, you have passed. Hey, 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 hey. The oh, Good job, <laughs> my man. You hit some on that, man. That was pretty good. I was man. nervous, bro. He was talking was some like, shit too. I wanted him to finish and shit. I was yeah. like, "Geez, I can finish that." I can. That I can. was the coolest one since Issa. Issa, he said it was pretty cool with that uh, coalition DJ out of uh, North Carolina, man. Okay, he was pretty okay. dope. So. No, that's what's up. All right, man. So last night, man, we came into town. You showed us a good time. We had a chance to check out the Beat Lounge at yeah. Deep Ellum Art Co. last mm -hmm. night, man. It was mm -hmm. definitely lit. Yeah, man. Man, y'all had live TV, everything, man. Can you tell us a little bit about how that event came about and kind of what are you guys' goals are with the event? Yeah, so um, Beat Lounge. See, I'm already saying um. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, there you go again. Um, damn, you do it. You don't even realize you're doing it. That's crazy. Nah, for real, right? So the beat lounge is something that I created separately from the people I was working with last night. Um, I have two events called the Beat Lounge and the Sound Social. Uh, beat Lounge is more of like a platform. We actually launched it like two years ago um, at South by Southwest, and it was a way for us to get producers to showcase their beats free. Like, you know, when we went to South by Southwest, most people charge. I actually was able to, I teamed up with Chaotic Eyeball and we were able to do a free event for them to come in. And mm. I just was able to give people a place to perform. And that's really the 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 idea behind it is like, get up there, showcase who you are, let people see you. And it's typically not long sets, you know what I mean? But I think producers need any platform, where, even outside of beat battles. I think beat battles are really dope. But it doesn't always have to be that because sometimes producers can come through just really dope song structured beats mm. that people want to hear. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's what Beat Lounge can. I wanted it to be kicked back and chill. Like I didn't want to have to put too much thought into it. Um, but I wanted to kind of create a culture where producers were going to come through and be dope. Yeah. I yeah, still man. monitor who go, gets up on that stage. I still have them submit beats prior to because I wanted to have quality as well. Yeah. Mm. And so here recently, I teamed up with Stream Music TV and their platform locally who's been kind of changing the game and really bringing streaming to the forefront of what they do. And they have really cool ideas and really cool outlet of what, of what they can do. And I've teamed up with Doug who owns Stream Music TV to um, try a new platform for producers. You know what I mean? Like my first sound social event I did with them turned into an actual TV show. <clears throat> um, and, and when you say live and TV, can you... Yeah, 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 because I think people are thinking live, like, oh, I could go live on my phone, you know what nope. I mean? Like, yeah. And this is kind of that concept, but not really. Uh, we have full broadcast equipment, you know, TV equipment, something you would see at a television studio. Y'all had a TV station in the club, man. And we were at the club last night, had the whole <laughs> setup, you know, cameras, high-end cameras, um, you know, all the whole setup. You can go back to see all the screens with everything, all the shots, and uh, we stream live, but it's, 
broadcast quality. It's like you're watching real TV in live time. Oh, yeah. So that was the really cool factor of it. And we do that because it's not like on your phone, you can just do whatever's live. We do it live, but it seems like you're watching a pre-recorded show. Yep. And it just makes it a little more entertaining, more engaging. And of course, and at, while we're doing it, you can still chime in, leave your comments and your likes, and we'll engage with you and interact <laughs> with you during the process. So last night at Beat Lounge, people were giving their critiques and their yeah. input about the beats. <laughs> and me and one of the other hosts were kind of reading those those comments and say, hey, they love your beats. You know what I mean? Like, yo, they think you're lit. So... That was really cool. And nothing like that's really been done here in Dallas. Mm. Um, and so I, I I think it's a really cool concept. They, he's been doing it for the past two years with artists. When I came in the picture, I was like, I want to try this, but I want to try it with producers and bring a new light and a new platform. So now when you go into a club, like last night, you're not just performing in front of 100 or 200 or 300 people. <clears throat> We're already almost at 4,000 views in 24 hours. Yeah. So your audience now became 4,000 plus by the end of the week, maybe 10,000 viewers. Um, that right there is dope. It's like retraining your thinking to like, most people think, well, I'm going to perform in here. Nah, bro. I don't care if there's zero people in this room. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, my, you know what I'm saying? Like 5,000 people came to my show. Uh, yeah. And you it's one it's one thing for artists like, yo, I'm performing, but now that's a way to sell beats. It is a way. It's for, and it's another way for. And that was another thing. We actually had a concert series attached to this. So it was, it was called Deep Ellum Live. That's where we had it in Deep Ellum here in Dallas, Texas. It's a music area where we do a lot of live, live music. Um, it's called Deep Ellum Live, presented by Stream Music TV. I was in charge of providing the producer content, which was mm -hmm. Beat Lounge. And then we had a concert series. We had a cipher series, and this is one of the few events. I'm not saying it hasn't. This part hasn't been done, but this is one of the few events where we put the producers and the artists on the same stage in hopes to bridge some things. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we want y'all to see us and we want to see y'all. Who's dope? Who's bubbling? Where? You know yeah. what I mean? During the freestyles and the ciphers, we get to see like, yo, that dude's dope. You know what I mean? And it may cause a producer to reach out and be like, yo, I want to work with you or vice versa. So we're trying to really build that community yeah. because we want to develop talent here. You know what I'm saying? It's That's visionary shit, man. Um, just because I'm, I'm living in Atlanta, something happens every night, right? And right. so in order to make it happen every night, you got to make it happen. You know what exactly. I mean? So that's really dope, man. Um, I know two things that weren't on the list that I did want to talk to you about. Um, real quick, I want to shout out a couple people um, from Dallas who I think are dope, man, that cool. I had formed relationships with. Um, I saw Freddie Bruno last night. Yeah, uh, That's the man. Um, his son is Trap Beckham, right? No, his son is Brown oh, his Royal. Son, his son is Brown Royal. Who's, work with who's working Beckham. with Trap Beckham. Yes. Um Brown Royal, that's another one, man. He's dope. Um, I wanted to ask you about the kid Suave. Yeah. Because I hadn't heard him, right? And okay. he had heat. Yes. And he's a teenager. 17 years old. Yeah, man. Can you talk about him a little bit? Man, Suave kind of just showed up on the scene randomly. Um, I think I had seen him at an iStandard event. But I knew who Suave was. I knew he followed me. Um, I know his dad. And he's just been kind of, when he showed up on the scene, he just did really, really well. Yeah. People are like, yo, for his age, I think at the time he might have been 15, 14 or 15. Like, this dude's going to be really good. And, and we're all about embracing our own and yeah. giving back to the younger up-and-coming producers because we know, like, how hard it is. Mm -hmm. So we want to try to make it as easy as possible for them. And he just has grown significantly. I did a sound social last year, had him come out, and you could really hear and see the growth. Yeah. And... uh when I did this, when I was like, yo, I want you to come out to Beat Lounge. Are you down? He's like, yeah. And I just kind of, I mean, I haven't brought him under my wing where I'm working with him every day, but him and there's another young producer and Brown Royal. Brown Royal just turned 18. So these younger producers, I've just kind of, if I can help where I can, I do. And perfect place would be through my platform. So it makes them look good. It makes me look good. You know what I mean? Like for the, as far as the event goes, because they're talented. Yeah. They're they're competing, and they're not really competing, but they're matching the seasoned producers. Yeah. So when they get on stage, people are like, "Dude, that's dope. That's dope." And then they find out how old they are. Like, wait, what? Yeah. This dude's seventeen years old. You know, Lucy Lucy Clubhouse. Yeah, that's what else one. I wanted to ask you about, man. I saw that online at South by Southwest. I'm like, yo, this, this little middle school girl wrecking everybody. Little <laughs> Lucy Clubhouse, man. She's thirteen years old, and uh, she's been doing some stuff locally. And I was putting my beat battle together at South by. I was looking for some people to hand. I would, there's some people I handpicked and then other people submitted. 
and we picked that way. But um, Kraken had recommended. He goes, "Had you thought about Lucy? Lucy is actually Freddie Bruno's goddaughter." Oh, okay. Not sure if you knew that, but um, he's just building a little village of beat makers yeah, over here. <laughs> and so I reached out to her parents, and they were all about it. And uh, I said, "Can y'all send me some beats? Because I haven't really heard her stuff." And when I heard them, I was like, "They're dope." Combined with she's 13 years old, combined with she's a female, people are going to love this girl. Yeah. And she's got such a happy smile on all yeah, the time. Yeah. She's got big glasses and cute kid, man. And she basically went to South by Southwest. And the moment she played her beats, the place just went crazy. And she was on that stage moving and dancing like she'd been doing it for years. That's dope, bro. Man. Like her personality just shined. And ever since then, I was like, whatever I got to do to help you, let me know. And And... She was at my last sound social. That's and Erica up. Badu chimed in yeah. and she's like asking about, yo, who's Lucy Clubhouse? Oh, wow. Like, yeah, bro. It was really dope. That was another cool thing about the streaming thing. Like we had people chiming in that you would never think. Yeah. And Erica Badu was definitely one of them. She she said, hey, Erica Badu, good job. Or she did like a little emoji that implemented good job. And, you know, so it was cool. That's, that's dope. That's what it is. So um, you got the Bobby Sessions thing. Um, yeah. What else can we expect from you in 2018? Um, we got a, we've got a few, I got a few placement announcements coming up. Uh, I just dropped some stuff last week with Snow the Product, a new video, uh, to the new record that we worked on recently. And, um, I'm continuing to grow my brand, bro. Like that's really what it is. Uh, I've kind of backed off a little bit on the placement game just to restructure what I'm doing. It sounds weird, right? Cause most yeah. producers are chasing placements. Um, but I, I, you know, I get tired of waiting sometimes. Yeah. So, and I'm so multi-talented. There's other things that I do that I want to be able to cater to. Yeah. And I think they also help build my brand. So uh, I'm in the process of trying to take Sound Social on the road. I'm in the process of uh, starting a couple of other really cool ideas. This year, I want to start launching my show ideas. I have uh, some producer show ideas that I'm trying to get off the ground. And um, so I'm trying to restructure myself to be able to do all that and still produce and still go after placements uh, when it's all said and done. So I know one other question I want to ask you before we got got out of here. And if you could, you were kind of one of those producers that were at the forefront, leading forefront of like branding okay. yourself yeah. as a producer. So I was wondering if you can give our uh, listeners maybe like a producer branding 101, couple of tips type thing. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, realize that this is a business. That's the biggest thing I think as creatives, we think it's just cool to get in the studio and vibe out and have records on a hard drive with our friends. And that's all cool. But when that happens, you can't complain about not having financial opportunities to pay your bills or quit your job. Or I think you got to really take it as a, understand it's a business, understand the business, learn the business and figure out how you're going to move forward in that business. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you got to take ownership as a business owner, just like any person would. There's a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. A lot. There's a lot of trying to just figure out things. There's a lot of knowledge that you don't have right now. Um, it sounds very intimidating, but I think that's very realistic in today's world. If you're really trying to be a producer, you can't live just off of placements unless you're making big records. Right. You know, and of course, everybody has that big pie in the sky where they feel like, well, I'll be that producer. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, go for it. Um, realistically, though, you can definitely be a producer that lives off of the music, but you got to find creative ways to do it. So when it comes to branding and marketing, first, understand that it's a business. Second, network. Network your butt off. Let people know that you exist. Let them know who you are. Um, earlier when you asked about a logo... Logo doesn't mean anything if your music is, is trash. You know what I mean? Like, you can be a logo all day long. At the end of the day, the music will always be the tall tale end of your story. And mm. so what happens is that there's a lot of producers online that do the, the online beats, which I don't have a problem with, but they do the logos. They have all the cool designs on their Instagram. It looks super legit. And then when you go press play, you're like, what the, what? <laughs> this is garbage. You know what I'm saying? So you're... Your selling point is your music. First and foremost, you got to remember that. So be dope at your craft. Get really, really good because you have to have something to sell. Yeah. You have to want people to be like, I like that. You know what I mean? So understand your business, network, master your craft. Those are your first three steps. And then after that, be creative on how to present your music. Like, I think that's big, big, big. Um, 
yeah, you can do the Instagram videos where you're making the videos and you're doing that and you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, my beat goes hard. I'm guilty of that. I've done that early on, but uh, always try to find things that nobody else is doing. Yeah. You create your own. You know what really attractive to people when you're so different than everybody else? Mm-hmm. And that goes into creating your own lane. Mm-hmm. Find out what you're good at and create that. And of course, there's a lot of little fine details, but those are the main points. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully that helps out. It's dope, bro. Appreciate you. So that leads into the perfect example. Where can we find you on social media so we can see great examples of uh, good producer marketing? Um, Yeah, you can find me at I am sick with it. It's spelled I-A-M-S-I-K-W-I-T-I-T. Um, and that's on all social media platforms. Or you can go to my website at imsosick.com, which I'm not sure if it's down right now because I'm revamping it. I don't remember if I left it up, but it should be around. That's I'm what it so, is. Imsosick.com. Dope, dope. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys, and welcome to Dallas. Thank you uh, very yeah. much, man. Yes, sir. Can't wait to come back. Facts. One month. It's man. lit. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate y'all tuning in another episode of Bruce Grind Podcast. Peace. Peace.